right, you bunch of yahoos. Strap yourselves in for another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. In other words, shut up, sit up, and pay attention. And welcome back to another episode of Toxic Masculinity. We are here to offer up our political satire approach and views on topic matters that you know we may tend to entertain, we may offend, we may even defend anybody and everybody. We are a couple of crotchety old farts that uh, have a bad habit of speaking the truth, but we won't let a few facts get in the way of a good story. We believe in America and Americans, and if this isn't the program for you, well, then I suggest you change the channel now. We still believe in freedom of speech, and we'll rub your face into it like the cow pie of reality and maybe make you scratch your head or scratch your ass, hopefully not at the same time or with the same hand. I like that there, Tony. I'll weave that one in there for you, all right? All right. <laughs> and, uh, you sleep tonight. Oh, and my co-host is none other than the man of men, Don the Predator Fry, and I, his trusty sidekick. Dan to be Severn. Always faithful companion. I don't know, is Quinn with you tonight? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Underneath the table. Oh, she's a little bit under, well, probably take a little bit of a, a beauty rest. Right yeah, now. it's cooler, a cooler on the floor than it is. And tonight's guest we have is a special guest, Mr. Eric Carroll, who runs a podcast himself called Dad Talk. And actually, Eric, how long ago was it that you and I, we did speak and, and we did a short little ep- episode for your podcast, but I, I just don't remember how long ago that was. Actually, I think, Dan, the first time I met you was after the premiere of After the Cage. And then not long after meeting you, I was wanting to interview you then. There was so much going on. I met you again at Hazard Fest. And that's when I saw your sign about asking me about toxic masculinity. And I said, this is perfect. So, and then that's where we did that. So I think it's been at least two years. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say the, the, the last couple of years, I mean, it's almost, you almost want to call it a do-over, you know? So, so much has gone wrong, <laughs> haywire, sideways. I don't know. There's a few other words I'm sure we could throw in there of what, what has happened last three years. But, uh, you know, let's just say that not, a lot of it was not good for America or Americans in any way whatsoever. But then neither was it for uh, the family unit in a lot, a lot of different ways. So, you know, I, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Did you, did you have the beard last time? Because I don't remember the beard the last time. No, no. You know, actually, when I found out I was coming on here, I, my mustache only gets so long. So I, I hope I'm okay. But I tried to grow this out a little bit to look a little bit more manly for you guys. Tonight. Oh, I see. Yeah. Wow. Keep trying, kid. Keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah, you got, yeah. You know, I mean, see, I, I always tell people that, yeah, you know, my mustache. I try to keep it kind of trimmer proper. Don, just kind of like you got, you got to take a weed whack or a bush hog there through it. That you know, just the other day, I think he found half a Sam sandwich in his mustache. So you know, and a puppy chewing on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, t- tell us a little bit about. Well, tell us a little bit about about your your podcast, Dad Talk. I mean, we'll give you a chance to plug plug this, but then we'll, we'll talk a little bit then about you and, and your own personal life right, as well. Yeah, man. So I, I started Dad Talk uh, about three and a half years ago, right before the whole COVID escapade that went on. Uh, I was going through a transition. My my job uh, went out. I after clarify that. 
Uh, well, we'll get into that. I'm fighting that war right now, too. But uh, it, it was a point in time where my job shut down and I didn't know what I was going to be doing. And at that point in time, I was fighting to be a father to my child. Um, I started going to attorneys and I found out just how corrupt the family law business is. Yeah. When I started looking for resources for men that are going through divorce, I couldn't find any. And it seemed like the only way that I could get inside my child's life is if I go hire these attorneys who are probably some of the most crooked people I've ever seen in my life. Um, so that's where I got the idea of uh, starting the podcast. I didn't know that it would take off the way it did. Before we had our first episode, there was around 10,000 followers in an inbox full wow. of And I went through this. Uh, the family court system is the crooked thing I've ever been through. I've heard some of the most horrendous stories. I've seen kids killed, parents killed, uh, you name it. We have an epidemic in this country, and fathers have been a very big target on that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, it's so many different ways. I mean, the, the, you know, I, I totally agree with you. The, the, the court systems do not do not support uh, the, the the male role model really whatsoever. I mean, they're they're just going to take a, a hard hit in a process, and uh, I, I would think any judge worth his weight. And salt would actually would know that he's got to have both parents involved, no matter if the two can't get along. That that that's that's one aspect, but don't don't let the child suffer because of it. You know, you may not like the the better half, uh, but but at least let let him. You know, if it's just switching on and off, like one week here, one week there. I mean, that's that's the way they have to they have to do it then for for, for the time being. But. Uh, no, it's uh, a lot of times the the, the kids are just like pawn, pawns in a chess match. That's all they are, you know. It is. And unfortunately right now, I mean, it's, it's very weighted towards the mother. And some of these guys can spend every dollar, do everything uh, possible, and it still isn't enough um, to get their children. Uh, our children should not be have a price tag put on them, as I say. Right. Uh, it feels like we're having to buy our own children. That should be a right, not a fight. Yeah, so I totally get it. So, so I mean, as, maybe, as he went as the woman who couldn't keep her pants on, you know. And yeah, then, but it's always the man. He couldn't keep it in his pants, right? Yeah, it's always a man. But yeah, the woman can't keep her pants on, but she wants the fucking house, the car. She wants the kids. She wants money. You know, I mean, you know, if you kept your skirt down, your pants up, you behaved yourself, you'd have that, you know, and you'd have a loving husband too. That's it, man. I, I tell you what, I mean, I think, well, I, I don't think enough is talked about in when it comes to relationships. And I go, <laughs> I'm not certain if uh, if Dodd Fry and I are the type of people that really should be talking about relationships. But, uh, but the, you know, just through our own experiences, you know, people, I think, tend to get married a little too soon. Um, I know that was even uh, hard uh, like for myself. I mean, it, it was... Uh, uh, I have five children and a couple of them are, are married now. And um, it's, I'll say that I had the, the birds of the bee talk at one point in time. And then when they wanted to get, uh, then when they told me that they would want to get married, it's kind of like going, well, it's time to go back behind the woodshed once again. And uh, I said, and I said, I want to meet, I want to meet your potential mate here for, for life. All right. And because uh, I, I want to have a little discussion with the two of you. Well, they were both a little bit up in arms about this. I said, well, no, it, it'll be it'll be a public place. 
So they don't have to worry about me, you know, going crazy and going after the boyfriend or nothing like that. <laughs> It'll be a, a public place. I go, I can't kill him right then. And if I kill him, I, then I got to kill all the witnesses. Right. I go, your dad's too old. I can't, I might get through half of them. And then it's like too many witnesses left over. So I go, you, you'll be good to go. So I got to use a little bit of comedy there to, to, uh, to settle the situation down. Well, I mean, I'll say that because I, I painted it, it's not a, it's not an easy picture. I think a lot of times uh, what people, they get infatuated with this idea because they see all these movies of the wedding and all this glorious type of things and, uh, uh, and, and, and having a child. Uh, there's, there's a lot of work when it comes to a child. I mean, I, I know that when I had the, the very first child, before, I, before he, it was even out of the hospital, I mean, he barfed on me, peed on me, puked on me. I'm thinking, hey, put it back. You know, it's like this, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's not paying no attention. It's just going to do whatever it wants. And it's cries for no reason whatsoever. And then when uh, then when, it started, when that child starts crying, you just go down the list. Does it have a, a wet diaper? Does it have a poopy diaper? Does Is it hungry? Is it Does it have gas? Does, and then when even went to the list. It's still crying. You know, I've been there to sleep as night where hold a child on my, on my chest out in the middle of the room, basically, basically asleep, you know, rocking back and forth because you know, if you, if you can hold it close to your heart, it's like, you know, that same sensation of being inside the woman's womb and uh, they tend to fall asleep a little bit more. But uh, yeah, no, it's being a husband and being a father are both not easy jobs and you have to have both people working nowadays because a one income household is not enough not in the world that a lot of our leadership has uh created for us you're not kidding there man and i mean unfortunately you know Having to send your kids to public school, you talk about the birds and the bees, the crap they're getting taught at the public schools. Oh. It's very scary. I mean, it does take two to make it, but at what point do we say we're going to keep sending them to public school? Because I tell you what, man, the stuff I've been seeing over the past couple of years that they're feeding in these kids' heads, um, it's scary. We're in scary times, man. No, we have, well, again, we are definitely strange times with uh, just la lack of leadership. We don't have we don't have real men that are actually uh, leading, and we don't have real women that are leading. That's the problem. And then and then there'll be a lot of people up in arms saying, "As I go, no, there's I could give two shits if a person wants to go and turn themselves from a man to a female. Hey, that that's one of the things that inside the United States you can do that, and you have uh, Bruce Jenner." Okay, when you look at Bruce Jenner, he was like, uh, it shocked me at the time that that, that all happened because he, he was on the front cover of the Wheaties box and the whole nine yards. He was the decathlon uh, gold medalist. And I'm thinking, holy moly, now this guy wants to become a woman. But even he says, should, should, uh, should these males be allowed in female sports? No. I mean, to me, it's like going, just make a third category. There's, there's male sports. There's female sports, and now let's have the transgender games. 
they, I, I can guarantee they, they they would be colorful. Okay, again, they'll be colorful, and you might see some of the most wackiest commercials. Well, I'm sure Budweiser would be happy about that. Would that? Would they? <laughs> it it's crazy. It's, just, it's crazy you're talking about that, Dan. Uh, I just got back this past weekend. I was gone for two weeks for making a film on uh, the Jeff Younger case where they've been trying to transition his child, his son, since he was six years old. They want to medically transition him, chemically castrate him. State of Texas has gave mom uh, custody in this situation. He spent one and a half million dollars. Uh, now yeah, they're okay. her to move to California. Okay, was dad leading this charge or was mom leading that charge about having her, having him transition? Or both? Uh, mom. Uh, no, no, no. Dad's, dad's the one fighting against it, and he okay, lost custody okay. for fighting against it. Really? And, okay. Yeah, to top it all off, mom is a pediatrician. A fucking nut. Wow. Dude, the schools, when the dad would take the kid to school as boy, when he would leave, they would have a dress and a wig to put on the kid. Uh, his name is, is James, and they call him Luna. And right now, $1.5 million he's spent, it's done absolutely no good in our court system. But one of the people I got to talk to um, about this when I'm making this documentary was Riley Gaines, uh, the 12-time collegiate swimmer who lost to or had to give the trophy to Leah Thomas. And she's out trying to get people to speak up about it. But there's so many people afraid to speak about these issues. It blows my mind. I said scary time, yeah. you know. Well, it, but, but, okay, common sense is not common. I mean, the, again, no. the reality is, you know, if, you, if you're, you're either a man or you're a woman. And if you want to go up and do something differently, again, like I said, Bruce Jitter, uh, I had, uh, you know, I had, uh, you know, my, I had my own come with the Jesus type of moment. I was thinking, okay, Bruce Jitter is, is converting himself into a woman. And I think he still, again, he still I, has I, the, he still have his, has his Frank's beans though, don't he? <laughs> he hasn't done the fucking conversion. Well, see, now, I, I, I don't know any of that, that, that portion right now. I think, I think he, he's still got him, man. He's just... That's okay. a big woman. I, I met him. Huh? Big. He's big. Oh, I bet. Gee, I mean, whatever. <laughs> he's big. I, I met him at CPAC. Jeez. Well, meanwhile, I, 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 again, I, I like the fact that he, at least he speaks out against it. And, and, and he is, you know, he's living that, 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 that role that, uh, that we talk about. So again, he, he to me he gives it credence. So I again I, I can't even refer to him still even as a female now because could be he's still just Bruce Jenner. I mean, even though it was go by Caitlin, you know. I mean, Caitlin has been speaking out, you know, or Bruce, Bruce has been speaking out about this happening to children. I don't think there's anybody out there if you're you know an adult and that's something you want to do, might not agree with it, but it's your life, go right ahead. But when you're talking about minor children, giving them right. the they, they, yeah, they, and 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 cutting off their genitalia, um, at what point did this even become so acceptable to do? And if you speak back at it, uh, you're looked at as like a, a terrorist, or they're going to cancel you. Now, this is our kids that we're talking about here, and I, I think we've gotten here because again, too many people are afraid to speak up because they're afraid of being canceled. And uh, the longer that people stay silent on it, it just keeps getting worse and worse. Well, we can't sure. be silent. No, I, I totally couldn't agree with you more on that, Eric. I mean, it's you got to speak up. I mean, that's one thing that's well, it's in your freedom of speech. 
constitutional right, freedom of speech, freedom to bear arms, you know. And it's um we we do live in a very much a cancel culture society. Well, I would tell people as I, the, the title of our podcast exactly doesn't to say that we're politically correct individuals here right now. We're willing to take our chances, you know. So to me, it's like going if the if, if the truth shall not set me free, well, you know, I'm still gonna move on with my life no matter what. Now I'm still gonna conduct myself the same way, whether I have a platform or not. But I know I, there's other platforms we could easily go to if 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 we need to. So. What I mean, where where can people find you on your own platforms? For, for uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagrams are biggest. I've uh, recently been dipping into Substack because I know some of this is going to be controversial when I talk about it. So I want to make sure we're not facing censorship. Uh, you can join at dadtalktoday.substack.com. I'm trying to make all of these films independent because I know once I come out and start making these, the cancel culture is going to come for me. It already has. Um, but again, just seeing, you know, my my buddy Jeff, I mean, he's been going through this for four years in the state of Texas. People look at the state of Texas and think it's a red state. I'm going to tell you, man. I mean, many people just sat by and watched this happen to the kid. But now they're allowing mom to move to California. And there's nothing he can do, you know. And, and I have to put myself in his shoes and say, you know, what, what would I do if I was in that situation? I don't even want to imagine that, but, um, so Substack is something I'm, I'm looking at just to kind of get away from might come in the future. Sure. Well, I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope not. How'd you make out in your, in your, uh, trial? Uh, never happened. I've been to, <laughs> so that's funny. First, the first attorney I went to basically told me it was cheaper to keep her. I was a man. Uh, didn't have a chance to start sending her. His, his advice to me was to get back with her and I won't go straight into my story. It was crazy. So I go to another attorney. You got the greatest case I ever heard. I, I can help you with whatever. Um, but I need 10,000 on retainer just to get started. Right. right. Let me know it was going to be more. Yeah. So I was a single father raising two daughters out of a broken marriage and I didn't have $10,000 and it makes you feel like if you don't have the money, you can't be a father. But if you don't go and pay that money, then you become a deadbeat, right? You know, and then toxic masculinity is coming into this. So fathers are so easily canceled. Uh, I went and talked to another one, I think just last year. He wanted every dime that I had just to get started. And then told me it'd be $400 an hour after that. And if they're high conflict, that it was just going to keep racking up. They don't ever give you an exact amount because uh, the, one of the first things they do when you go through divorce is get a financial statement and know how much you got in the bank. Usually they'll run that all the way out. And at the very end, they'll say, I think you should settle. You know, it's a, it's a crooked thing. And, you know, there was a lot that I've found out since I started doing this podcast. I didn't know in the beginning, the government makes a percentage off of every dollar paid in child support uh, for one. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. I did that. Yeah, Title 4D of the Social Security Act. Um, it was made after Reagan did no-fault divorce. Reagan later said it was the worst thing he ever did when he brought in no-fault divorce. But there were so many moms going on government assistance. It was becoming a drain to the system. So the federal government came up with a way to um, give money back to the states to help offset some of those costs. And along the way, they found ways that they can make money off of it. It's a multi, multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, it pays a lot of the state's programs. 
So yeah, there is incentives out there to take the father out of the home. Um, Section eight, we've seen in the black community, uh, you know, 50 years ago, I think it was around 18% of the black community uh, was without a father in the home. It's getting near 80% now. They, you know, they started section eight, basically said, we'll give you food stamps. We'll give you government assistance, uh, insurance, but you can't have a father in the home. That That's the one exception. And so many ways that they have taken the father out of the home and our government has its hands in it. And most of the, you know, like I said, the general population has no idea this is going on. And now we're starting to see the consequences from everything else that's rolling down the pike. And it all starts with the family. If you don't have strong families, you'll never have a strong country. And the, the proof's in the pudding. Wow. Wow. I, the, the, actually, you just educated me on a couple of things that I was actually not aware of as well. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't either, you know, uh, going around the country and talking to some of the people and finding out because I can never wrap my head around. Why is this such a hurdle for men to be fathers to their own children? It doesn't make sense. You would think that, uh, you know, strong families and that nuclear family would be, you know, something that everybody would want. It should be cherished. Anything but now. Right. Um, and okay, okay, high rate of divorce. That what? What about okay inside of a, a family unit right now? Um, what can what can dads be doing more of now versus okay? Let's say you're you're in a household that okay you are you are married and you you do have a a child or two and uh, uh, what other I'd say what are some, some more good good advice for fathers? I mean I got some ideas that roll around in my head right now, but again this this is your your time to shine here. Yeah, I mean, um, be careful, you know, sit back and, and think about things before you do it. And I would say that get for mothers and fathers. Get a prenup. Yeah, well, dude, like the younger case where they're doing this to his child, he had a prenup. Didn't hold any weight. And so a lot of the guys. Didn't have that. He probably never had that in the uh, prenup. You know, you, you can't you can't chop my kid's dick off, you know. <laughs> Yeah. But no, I, I don't think anyone in their right mind would actually think of putting that into a prenup. With, with, no, you have to now, apparently. Early. You know, yeah. apparently it's changed. Shit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, to be a, really a fourth forward thinker in a lot of different ways. Holy moly. But I think in marriage, you know, uh, it, you're, it's going to have its ups and it's going to have its downs. Hallmark's made that version of the butterflies and the perfect marriage. There's going to be times where you don't want to look at each other. There's going to be times when that spouse across from you is going to be saying stuff you need to listen to and you can be better at. Uh, and same goes for her. A yes. lot of couples don't listen to each other anymore. Like we all make mistakes. We can all be better. And I would say that, you know, to most men, self-evaluation, it goes a long way. <laughs> you know, um, I, I talked to several of these men. I didn't do nothing wrong. I didn't do nothing wrong. So, okay. Yeah, we, we know well, better. Well, we all well, make okay, our well, Yeah, well, that, well that's. Like it was the conversations I had with my children when they were looking for significant others. I go, if you want to have a little teleport into the future, all you need to do is simply look at whoever you're dating, go look at their mom or their father. Because that is that is what your mate's gonna probably look like, you know, another 30 years down the road, somewhere at that 20 to 30 year mark right there. So, you know, you might want to cut and run now as opposed to stick around so it's uh, a lot of times you are a product of, of your environment 
you know. It's true. And you can either stay there or you can change it. You know, yes. realizing it, I've seen people that use that as an excuse to stay the same. And I see people use it to say, I'm, I'm going to do something completely different. Go out in there and there's some of the most successful people I've met. Yes, the, exactly. Yeah, it definitely it, plays into that. Yeah. The, the sad part is you don't see too many of the people choosing route number two. They, they typically, it's easier just to go with route number one, you know. But uh, no, it's uh, the, the father type role has actually diminished a great deal inside the United States. And a lot of it is just that's because. Feeling, that's what we're feeling as a country. You know, I mean, you can't even get anybody to sign up for the military anymore. You know, you can't get people to be a policeman anymore. You know, it's just. Well, I mean, look, I mean, if, you, if, you, if you drive around your, your community, look how many, uh, you know, employees. I mean, I, I, I say all, all these places that are listed that they need employees. Mm -hmm. there, there's there's jobs. That if, if someone says that they can't get a job right now, I don't know where they're looking. I see jobs all over the place. You may not like the job. But to me, it's like going, if someone was really down and out, there's jobs. You may go to, again, I, I, I always used to use McDonald's as an example because it was that high school, that should have been that high school job that, that you did, you know, just for, you know, one or two, one or two years at most. And then you realize, I don't want to be flipping greasy burgers for the rest of my life. I'm going to go get a real job. But when it, it, during the pandemic, when you see McDonald's is offering to pay up to what, close to $20 an hour, it's like going, unbelievable that they pay that much. You know, and, and they're looking for managers and things of that nature. Like, a, I, it was never supposed to be <laughs> a career move. Owning one might have been a career move, but uh, working at it, no. But, Times be a change, especially during this whole pandemic where everyone was in this lockdown mode and uh, our job forces, everyone was simply just calling it in, talking about it. Not too many people actually doing the work. Uh, you're right, man. I, during 2020, I, I toured the Northeast, and if you did not get something to eat by 5 or 6 o'clock and you was on the road thinking you was going to go to a restaurant – you had another thing coming. There was nobody open. And, you know, we finally asked somebody. I thought maybe it was the mandates. It was like, we can't get any workers. Nobody wants to work. Right. It was culture shock for me. It really was. Yeah, again, same thing for myself. Because I kept traveling to states that I could conduct seminars and speak of the cages in. And uh, so, I mean, even being on the road, you know, knowing that, okay, it's starting to get a little bit late in the evening. Well, I find a gas station. Will I be able to get gas in my vehicle? Because gas stations were shut down earlier at night. Again, whether or not they had employees or just due to whatever COVID type of restrictions that they had going on inside their states. And now, now when you look at all the stuff that's coming out about it after the fact, you know, what what was the whole COVID thing really about now? And what, what is the, the real actual truth behind it all? Right. No, no one's really revealed. No one's really pulled back the curtain here yet, exposed the wizard yet for all of this. But uh, there's a, a lot of uh, point and counterpoint to everything. So, 
Yeah, but they say socialism works. <laughs> hey, look what what happened when everybody was getting free money. You couldn't get nobody to work anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, that's just where you've you, <laughs> so many different problems. Entitlement is a whole other issue that we're starting to see, you know, with the kids. No, no work ethic, you know, and uh, supposed to be fulfilled by their job. You know, I, I think there's something very healthy about a kid getting a job that sucks because it teaches them that I don't want to do that the rest of my life. Um, but ah, man, that was, that was nuts to see that you couldn't even get nothing to eat. Everywhere was closed. I hope we never see that again, but, um, with our political system. Give give us, give, give, give us some outlines right now. I mean, some, some, some nice, some, some more positive that that, that, uh, what parents could do inside of their household to, to, to raise a more, uh, a more loving uh, type of a household or a more uh, a more father vested type of a household. I mean, it's because again, your whole, your whole podcast about dad talk about how men, you know, keeping men, keep, you know, be a real man, you know, and, and be a man uh, of, your, of your responsibilities, being a man of, uh, of, of integrity. So again, I think a lot of that stuff has, has been lost in the last couple of years as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it all starts at the top, the relationship with your spouse or your, your partner. Um, it really starts there and making sure that you guys are communicating. Uh, it's it's harder for, I think, divorced parents because uh, you got two different sets of rules and kids definitely know how. Yeah, they're, 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 typically, they're typically just doing this all the time and because they're never once, especially once, once the D word is said, there's no there's no pulling that one back. You know, and that's why the nuclear family is so important when you got both parents that are, you know, they might not always agree, but they're doing it together. Once there's two separate households, the kids know how to play that. And unfortunately, a lot of times they're going to gravitate towards that parent. That's uh, from what I'm seeing, Dan, is people are being more of a friend than they are a, a dad or a mom. Uh, you can't be your, your kid's friend. That's not to say you can't get along with them and uh, have fun. Uh, but you're there to provide that roadmap for them. So I think making sure that your spouse, or if you have an ex, that you are on the same length uh, as them. If you don't get along, at least get along enough for the kids uh, to be able to communicate well together. Um, take care of yourself and your health for one. And I think doing that with your kids is also uh, another thing. Um, make sure you got activities and that you're spending the time. You know, I can right. only imagine what it was like for you, you know, you, Dan, and I, I'm i sure you as well, Don, being on the road all the time. You know, the one thing we can't get back is time. Right. So I'm sure those, you know, the kids are getting that time well, from that, you. Yeah, and that's something that, it, well, again, it, it, uh, you just got to look at it. what is your job? I mean, there's a lot of people that uh, maybe they just, they work an eight or 10 hour a day job. And they so they clock in, they clock out, and then maybe it's a, whatever, 15, 20 minute commute that they go there and they come Come on back. Um, I mean, my father, for instance, he you know he worked in the automotive industry. Uh, a lot of people in the state of Michigan, you know, they had the big the big three automotive dealerships, and a lot a lot of people that was the, kind of like the utopia upon high school graduation, going to the various automotive type shops and and get a job, and and there's where you'll be for the next thirty years of your life, and then you're gonna retire, and. Uh, and have your 401k and things of that nature, you know, whatever you, you put into the system. So, I mean, growing up on a farm, 
it, it, it was you know, extra hard in the sense that you had to get up and do chores and stuff like that before you got taken care of, uh, before you had to take the walk up to the catch the school bus. And then later in life, you, when you finally got to drive to school, that was pretty cool. But you had responsibilities. Um, I don't see very many responsibilities being being really put upon young people. Uh, they're not required to do chores and they're not required to do certain types of duties and stuff like that. And there, there should be, there should be some type of a regiment inside the household so that they understand how to conduct themselves. It's kind of like you, you said earlier, they want a lot of adults want to be the child's friend. You know, being a parent is, it's not an easy role. I mean, it, it literally, I say the word no more than ever. I, I got, again, I've got grandkids now, and they're they're seeing grandpa is they don't think grandpa's very nice because grandpa doesn't roll over. <laughs> grandpa grandpa keeps them. I, I keep I keep grandkids accountable because even I've had my kids kind of look at me kind of cross-eyed. Am I am I going? I go. I didn't allow. I did not allow it with you. I'm not going to allow it with them. So it's kind of going, you know, I, I, I like to see uh, grandkids, but I'm not going to let them, you know, be wild, you know, animals here in, in, in my in my house. They 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 just, they, they, they got to they gotta toe the line, same way that, that I expected of you guys. I want the same thing, so. And nothing's too small to, to make them earn it. Every little thing, you know, I got a uh, chore list in the house for the kids that this is what I want you to do before you go. And if you get any TV time or anything, it's just teaching them that in order to get something, they have to earn it instead of just giving it to them. Um, right. I think it's a lost thing, too. Well, you, you, you said you said that perfectly. You earn the privilege for this. I mean, it, it, it makes something cool for them. I mean, it just, you know, you know, the big thing was for my kids to try to get up and then to pick your room up a little bit and make your bed. Just just do those couple things. Pick your room up to where, you know, even if it's you're just throwing everything underneath the bed, at least, you know, pick up your room, make your bed, and good to go. It's kind of like going, uh, mom or dad's not going to come in your room to find your dirty clothes. Uh, you get a clothes basket, and, you know, you as your, your clothes get dirty, start putting them in that clothes basket, come on down, and then, but eventually... As they when they finally get to an age, you start to teach them how to use the washer and the dryer. You know, just just common sense type of stuff. You know, I I, I still remember when my oldest son said, "Well, when am I going to start getting an allowance, Dad?" I go, well, "Son, please uh, describe what is this allowance all about." Well, my some of my friends get uh, you know x amount of dollars on a weekly basis. I go, I said, I'll tell you what. I said, and they, and, and they get it for just making their beds or, or picking up picking up their, their toys in the room and stuff like that. I go, I go, well, I go, you live in my house. That is, that's not even on the list. That's something that you have to automatically do because you live in my house. When you live in your house, you can do whatever you want. Right now you live in my house. Otherwise you can live outside. <laughs> there I have a couple tents. You can live outside and, and see how much you like living outside in your tent at that point. So again, again, just if you want the you want the the, the privilege of living inside the house, there's just a couple of things that you have to toe the, the line on. And you and, and I'm feeding you. You don't have a job yet. 
But if you want to start to earn something, I go, so my, a lot of my kids, they, uh, my kids all were my janitors inside my training facility. They all clean toilets. They all mop mats, run vacuum cleaners, dust this, do that. And then, and then the other jobs are painting this, painting that. But uh, I always tell people, it's like, I don't have, none of my kids are janitors today. Now, again, I, nothing wrong with being a janitor as, as your job. Uh, to me, it's like someone's got to someone's got to be that person. But I I hope that my kids would do something a little bit more loftier than just that. So and and they have they all have uh, various degrees or or have different professions. So I'm 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 proud of that aspect. So, but it, 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 there's always there's a cost, and and then there's also you have egos, and you got to bump, and sometimes you got to sometimes you got to give a little ground to gain a little ground as well with them. And you just described, you know, some people would say what you were just saying was toxic masculinity. You just described tough love. That's what a father does. Here's the ground rules. This is what I expect of you. And I think that sets the kids up for success as they get older. You go to work, you, you, you got expectations, you need to meet them. Um, and that's why it's, I guess it's hard for me. I came from a, a few different failed relationships and now from what I'm seeing with these other dads, if they step in and like, you know, I want you to work for it. Uh, you're not going to be on your phone all day long. You're not going to go out with your boyfriend or, or, or whatever. You know what? I'll just go to mom's house. Mom, mom will allow them. And it's really taken a lot of the fathers and, and gave them no power to be inside of their children's life. It's like, if I don't get what I want, I'll just go over here because they'll allow me. And the kid's going to go where the glitter is. Sure. You know, and uh, I know I've been through that. And I'm going to tell you, it sucks. And so you got two different options. You can either cave and give in to the kid or you can say, no, you know what? I'm going to remain your dad. And then they go run off to mom. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's it's tough. Tough on this one. Mr. Farr, you're, you're being kind of quiet right there. Are you just kind of like taking this in or you're, well, you're just, just waiting? Listening you talk, Mr. Severin. Shit. Is there any legal consideration? Oh, wait, right? like the big tsunami that come on in. Yeah. Is there any legal considerations or rights that a single father should be aware of? Or, you know. Or... Uh, you, you're talking about rights that they should be yeah. Yeah. aware of? Legal, legal considerations, legal rights. That, hey, well, you know, well, good, well let me help out down there. Is there, is there, is there any, like a good law groups that, that are really more vested for the man that you've you've come across, no, um, the ones that okay. say that they are are usually a gimmick. Uh, I'm the scary thing is, guys, the the majority of our legislation are attorneys. Right. So whether it's in your political process or in the the courts, uh, I mean, it is stacked. I'd say for a lot of the guys that are going up against that process, and this ain't easy. Um, I've seen guys that have learned the law themselves, and they do what's called pro se, and they'll kick some of the attorneys' butts. That I've seen, um, but it, like I said, it's not easy. Called what? Uh, pro se. Pro se. They go and learn the law and they file everything themselves, so they don't have to go through an attorney. Um, it could be scary for some of these guys because it's not about whether you can plead your case. It's like learning a whole completely different language. So if you don't file that paperwork just right or that right process, uh, you can get screwed. There's a lot of different uh, pro se groups out there. I wish I knew of one off the top of my head. But where these guys can go and learn that and take the power away from the attorneys is 
Many times they're just there to collect the paycheck. I've talked to so many of these guys that that pay the retainer, and as soon as they get the money, they say, I can never even get them on the telephone anymore. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a swamp out there, man. But, well, you know. Okay, but you said, like, look at most of our politicians. They have a, some sort of a legal backfound. Why Why is it that they have, why don't we have more women and men that actually have business backgrounds that know how to run a successful business, not, not a business that failed. I would want to have successful business men and women. We had that in President Trump and, and the, the cheating out of, you know, the successes that he had, you know, the, the, they're called lawmakers, you know. I mean, so they get these lawyers in there, and they're, they'll convince everybody that, well, if they're not a lawyer, they won't know what they're doing, and they're not capable of doing it. So everybody's going to be a lawyer to get in there in the first place. That's bullshit, you know. You, you need some business people. You need some doctors, you know, like um, Senator Paul from Kentucky. You know, he's great. Shit, he's intelligent, yeah. you know. But these people, they just got everybody convinced, you know, you've got to do this, you got to stay in line, you got to follow this. These guys know best. No, they don't. I mean, that's why the country, shit, we're, what, $30 trillion in debt? Yeah. If, if that's true. I mean, if if there really is, you know, um, a deficit, you know, or deficit could be a, a big work on, on, the, on the whole country, you know, in order to keep getting money and money and money. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, no, I just gonna simply say that uh, you know the, the, the term that that Don uses is it's a professional term, but just it's like you know for the uh, knowing that this is not a real match. It's just it's just it's just a work. Yeah. That's where you know I want to make sure that that the listeners understand that uh, when Don uses a term like that, it's kind of like on you know I would say everyone's looking to see. Who's running the show? Who's going to finally pull back the curtain? And, and uh, who is running the show on everything? But Vince McMahon. I'm just <laughs> Well. <laughs> what do you think about his new mustache, Dan? I'm just curious. Have you oh, seen I it? Think it's great. I think it's great. I think it fits him <laughs> perfect, man. It's, he's such a heel, and it's perfect for us. Does, does, he have, does, does he have the pencil line one, or is that what yeah. he has? Yeah, you got the pencil line. He's just a heel, perfect mustache. Well, no, I mean, well, well, Vince, typically, you've always seen him play the role of a heel. Mm-hmm. And and I think he just, I think he really enjoys playing that role. Yeah. Well, now, he's <laughs> but, good at it. He's great at it. You know? But the, the question, though, is, <laughs> is, is it, it a work? work? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. He he has destroyed a lot of marriages to come through that you know that that career. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah, professional wrestling it's it's a it's a very tough career on a lot of uh, a lot of young people, uh, and it, and it's a uh, it's a it's a career where not many people are going to really see the financial rewards. If they are, it's only for a certain short period of time. And will they have enough savvy to salt that away, invest it to where they can walk away from it? It's uh it's 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 a it's a tough industry. And uh, again, I always but I always tell people if you're gonna go into business, take one or two semesters of it because you know 
professionals it does teach you a great deal about marketing, marketing, marketing. Yeah, so it's uh and how to make something out of nothing. What would you say was the hardest between the two, MMA or wrestling for you? Wrestling, definitely wrestling. Oh yeah, wrestling. I mean, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. It's uh wrestling, you know. I mean, what 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 so what was that line that Dan Gable said that anything after wrestling is a piece of cake, you know? Yeah, man. after you've wrestled. Huh? Come on, Mr. Mr. Fry, you gotta bail me out there. Who yeah. came up with one line? What was it? Was it uh, Dad Gable? Dad Gable with the line that said that after anything after after wrestling, everything, yeah, is easier or was that uh, was that somebody else? I don't know. I maybe, don't... maybe I'm giving the wrong person the, wrong, the credence here right now. Yeah. Maybe well, just well, bottom line, wrestling it, it's it's a it's a tough sport. You only ever get out of what you're gonna put onto it, and it's uh, because it's a the definition of wrestling is a team sport based upon individual performances. You still have to walk out there one on one, mano a mano. I think he's asking about pro wrestling. Oh asking- yeah, yeah. You're talking about a shoot, which I, I figured that as much. But what about professional wrestling? I, I obviously, I know it's you know. Yeah, it's I'm, not, I'm not calling it's, it fake. It's <laughs> no, but it's a political, you know, and uh, you gotta know, you, you know, who's asked to kiss, and uh, you gotta be able to make money. Uh, if you don't make money, then they don't want to have anything to do with you. Um, you know, you'll never get up here, you know, uh, and they'll, they'll leave you here. But even if the, the promoter doesn't like you, whether you make money or not, you know, they'll still stuff you down here. You know, it's, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a, you know, down is correct. There's a lot of political aspects of, uh, of that industry. And, uh, it just, you know, you could just rub somebody the wrong way and you, that didn't really mean to. And then also it's like, you're kind of being blackballed for, for the rest of your career, you know. Yeah, it, it, when, when there was actually a couple of different opportunities, when there was an ECW, there was a WCW, there was a WWF, when you had at least three uh, three major uh, organizations, I mean, still the reality is you wanted to work for one of the, the really the top two. The top two that really made the money were WCW and, and WWF, you know, at, at the time. ECW... It was a, a more of a, a kind of a, a cult type of a following because they were so hardcore in all the matches that they did. You know, you saw a lot more of those flush and bulbs and ladder matches and uh, just hardcore wrestling. Yeah, man, I, I know it couldn't be easy being on the road for those guys. I've been a huge wrestling nut years, so. I remember when you went to the uh, WWF because <laughs> he was he was my favorite UFC fighter. I remember I was like, "Uh oh, that was that was cool." I, you came after Ken Shamrock, right, to the WWF? Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were they were talking to both Ken and I at the same time. But uh, the reality is, is that uh, you know, I I, I was living kind of a uh, busy schedule even at that time. I was working for the NWA National Wrestling Alliance, but then uh, NWA was trying to put me underneath their umbrella to make me exclusive to them. But I'm like, oh, well, what if another company approaches me and you guys don't need me for the same weekend? I go, I should be, I should be allowed to go work. And they're like, oh, but you know, but they're, they're looking at protecting their champion. They're looking at protecting their title belt. I said, well, I said, I'll, I'll do that. I mean, and that's anyone that, that was contacting me. I'm saying that, uh, you know, 
I'll be happy to work with you, but you know, because I'm the NWA champion, I cannot be out there losing to, you know, again, I always use the, the example of, I can't go out there and lose to Doink the Clown, you know, I, right. yeah, so I can't be out there just losing, period. So I, I, I just protected myself and it, it, uh, it all worked out. Did you go back to the Alliance after um, WWF? No, I, I, I kept, I, I kept working with the NWA all, all through it all. I never, I never left them. I mean, it, it was uh, the cool part is, yeah, I was able to carry the belt out and even like the Alto Fighter Championship. Uh, I was able in part of my entourage. I had to clear it with uh, the, the the ownership at the time, and uh, you know, I, I told him I said you don't have to worry about dancing and pulling any kind of goof, goofball shenanigans. And then, but I also had to educate them on the history of the belt and some of the people that uh, uh, through history that they held the belt. So by doing all that, uh, it worked out for me, and I was able to you know have the belt carried on out and then proceed then to win uh, UFC number five with and then and, and, uh, having holding up two different belts. So and that was again UFC number five, and where are we at number? We're closing in on the what three hundreds, the three hundred realm. No, yeah. yeah, I can say I just know that we're 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 getting closer and closer to that three hundred mark. So it, it'll happen because I mean you got to look at you know the, the, the partnership that uh, that that came together with with both of those organizations. They're stronger now than ever. Yeah, yeah. I was curious what you guys' thoughts was on that with WWE and UFC combining. Oh, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> they're 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 uh in they're inheriting um a lot of the contractual uh things, you know, from WWE. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So where gotcha. they, yeah, they'll be they'll they'll the, uh, you know they will be where they completely own the fighters, you know. Oh, okay. But but you you'll you'll you will see some of the fighters that will end up going into professional wrestling, but you're not going to see really vice versa. You won't see the other way happening around because CM Punk uh, showed that <laughs> that that did not work out well at all. So it uh, you know at least the guy tried. You know. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, again, I'm, again, I'm, I'm not. Again, I'm not trying to cut him, cut him down. He he did. He stepped out there and and uh, the guy props for that. You know, I wasn't crazy about it when it first happened because you get. You know, you got a top card, you know, and, yeah. you know, he took a shot. Yes, he did. Respect that. And then, you know, and it didn't work out for him, and he had to start all over again with the pro wrestling, I guess. Yep. What did you think somebody should have stepped in and like, hey, this might not be the greatest idea. Let's start down here on a, a lower level and work your way into it. People people aren't smart. People with egos aren't smart. <laughs> <laughs> I did guess you have a, go, go, I'm sorry. Did, did, go, please, please. Oh no, no. Go ahead, Dan. Well, no. I, I just. Do you have a? Do you have a website that 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 people can come and and uh, if they want to tune in? I know you you're talking about your podcast, but is there a website for it, or is there if they want to get in contact with you, or know where to catch more episodes of uh, Dad Talk? Yeah, um, DadTalkToday.com. Uh, you can go to our website. Like I said, I'm really trying to build this Substack just because. I'm realizing a lot of the stuff we're going to need to say um, <laughs> might not be allowed to say in, in some of the places, um, but Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Truth, Clout Hub, I'm on all the different social media sites, but 
mostly Instagram and, and Facebook uh, right now because they're still the the big ones. Um, but I got several documentaries that are coming out. One about uh, Jeff Younger, you know, him trying to fight against the transition of his son. Uh, I got another one I just made about Ray Ray McElrath Bay. Uh, Disney made a movie about him a couple of years ago. He was a Clemson football player uh, that adopted his little brother because uh, their mom got caught smoking crack. And so he snuck his uh, brother on campus with him and uh, the NCAA found out and was going to uh, kick him out, but they voted to let him stay in. It's a really heartwarming story. And Wow, no, that's a great story. Yeah, yeah. There's there's several different ones that are coming out that we've been shooting throughout this year. I've been doing more of the films than the podcast, but I still pop on there occasionally. I, I feel like there's not much I could say that I haven't already. Um, you know, when it comes to that particular issue, it does it does a number on you. It really does. I, I hate seeing the fathers go through what they're going through in this country. And uh, it feels like going to the politicians and stuff sometimes is just like beating your head up against the wall. But I have faith that it's going to change. You're just pissing in the wind sometimes talking to these people. It's what it feels like, man. And it's, it's a lot of hard work to put in. But um, I do feel it, you know, a, a tide uh, changing right now. I mean, Riley Gaines stepping up and doing what she did. I don't know if you guys have seen What is a Woman with Matt Walsh. I think he did an amazing job, uh, you know, exposing that issue for what it is. More people are starting to get a little bit more vocal. We we, we cannot be silent in these times, guys. It's how we got here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. What, like the, only thing, the only thing necessary for evil to succeed is for, for good men to do nothing. That's right. Well, actually, I think I think that's a uh, Mr. Fry. I think that was a good note there to kind of draw things to a close. Well, you must be hungry. <laughs> well, <laughs> why did you guess? Yeah, so dinner time, Mr. Severn. Okay. Yeah, partner, nice okay. meeting you. Yeah, man. Nice meeting you guys. Eric, Eric Carroll, podcast, Dad Talk. DadTalk.com? Uh, DadTalkToday.com. Uh, DadTalkToday.com. Okay. I had to I'm put it today. It was about a $2,000 difference in buying the domain. <laughs> the, understood. Understood. Today.com. Excellent. Eric, uh, a pleasure again to, to see you after all, these, all this time and knowing that you, you you grew some facial hair just for the podcast tonight. Thank yeah. God. What what else will people be doing? It's okay for the men folks to be put, you know, growing some mustaches and beards and and some uh, some more hair if that's what they want to do. But I don't think we want the ladies to be doing that here now. Now we still want women to be women and men to be men on the Toxic Masculinity Podcast. Well, well, Eric Carroll, thank you for being on here tonight with us. Thank you. Thanks, partner. All right. Take care. Thank you for watching another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. You better like, subscribe, and share, or I'm going to come to your house.